0: A show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most.
1: Hello friends and welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier. My name's Mike Bernard, I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show, just like Jeff. This show is all about helping you discover what matters most and then helping you get your actions and resources in alignment with your goals. We combine excellence and wealth management with the pursuit of meaning and purpose in your life. Jeff Bernier is the founder. He's the president and chief investment officer of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, a wealth management firm in Alpharetta, Georgia, a suburb in the greater Atlanta area.
2: Hello, Mike. It's great to be back having a conversation with you about money and meaning. That's right. That's right. I
1: know. I mean, we're passionate about how those two things collide, right? And very intentional about it. And I know you are very passionate about today 's topic, so why don 't you set it up for us
2: yeah i I do have a lot of interest in today 's topic because I think it's a big i think it 's a big need um, but i 'm sure that anyone who has listened to these podcasts or been around me for any very long period of time probably assumes and accurately so that I am an optimist and actually i I, I would refer to myself as a rational optimist mm. there 's actually a book out that was years ago. Um, called the rational optimist so I call myself a rational optimist okay. and what I mean by that is I'm optimistic about the future due to my own life experience but more importantly research and I'm also optimistic because the evidence of history makes optimism about many many things rational Sure, because things do tend to get better uh, over over time and but if there's one area where I'm not as optimistic however it's in uh, what some people call the retirement income crisis.
1: Oh, so that you're fear mongering now. You, you, yeah. So you definitely sound like uh, the financial media there trying to drive hysteria. What do you mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. That it sounds like I just I'm a, a copywriter for the for Money Magazine. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's true. And and of course, after all our discussions about behavioral finance and the media stoking fear, I should I should probably use uh, the word with with a bit of caution. But the statistics regarding how unprepared many Americans are for a secure financial future is pretty scary yeah, it is. if you if you look at the data. And not only that, we, you know, we live in a world where we're responsible for managing our own financial resources since most people are no longer covered by defined benefit pensions. Right. Um, so this fact, along with this 24-7 media that we mentioned and the perception of higher volatility, and of course, two really significant bear markets since 2000, I I believe it's causing many people who are already unprepared for retirement to make significant mistakes that may put them either further behind than they already are.
1: I I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. So how should we address today
2: yeah so I thought what we would do is we'd go back to episode number three again where we talked about the great goals of life questions and if you'll recall I offered six questions that are really just designed to get people to thinking um, and to understand the depth and breadth of holistic planning, yep. that it's more than just investments. Um, and, in, and in for instance, in episode 10, we went through the first question, and I think today we should look at question number two, because it does address this retirement income challenge. How about that? Is that better? Yeah, that's This retirement better income you. challenge. Yeah.
1: All right. That sounds great. So so what was question number two?
2: Yeah. So first of all, let me first date, after our call with, with Mitch Anthony last month, You know, maybe we should edit the word a bit um, because if you'll recall, he um, and I aren't really crazy about this word retire. I Mm -hmm. mean, if you think about retire, I mean, that's what we do with airplanes. You know, you (laughs) put them in, you retire an airplane (laughs) or you retire equipment. So I don't want our clients to, quote, retire in the traditional sense. Um, I want them to have the uh, independence to transition to spending their time doing things that are more meaningful. Yeah. and whether they get paid for it or not is absolutely irrelevant um you know, so it's about creating this financial freedom to go pursue those things that that give them give a meaning as as we've as we've discussed so mm-hmm. i want to be careful about retirement as a term because I, you know i i want it to be you know um i i want to continue to communicate it's still about being productive and creating value for others and and having meaning but the question we posed in question number two, and the great goals of life questions is, do you have an investment strategy for tripling your income when you're no longer working for a paycheck? Yeah. So do you have an investment strategy for tripling your income when you're no longer trading your labor for income or working for, for income?
1: I think many people will have a difficult time answering this question with confidence or wonder maybe what it even means. They normally assume that they need safety and income, and you're blending investment with income.
2: You're correct, and not only that, but, I mean, just think about the typical... Um, person who is about to transition from adding capital to their resources to drawing from their capital. I mean, this transition from from working and getting paid to taking money out can be one of the scariest times people ever have to go through. Mm -hmm. And they're also dealing probably with one of the largest sums of money that they'll ever have to deal with.
1: That's right. So the way you frame all this raises some questions.
2: Yeah. 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 So really the whole idea is to get people to change their thinking to what the real need is, a rising income stream for life, and suddenly to to think about what the real risk is, which is running out of money. So another way of asking the question would be looking at the balance of your collective lives, if you're a, a married couple. Are you highly confident that your income will always be enough to sustain your lifestyle?
1: That's a great question. Uh, explain, uh, elaborate on that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, if history's any guide, and I, I, I guess it's, it's the only guide I've, I've got to go on, uh, the average new retiree couple, let's, let's call them 62, that's about the average age of retirement today. So at age 62, they've got a plan on needing income for another 30 years. And again, at historical inflation rates, their cost of living will go up about two and a half times. Wow. Therefore, if they have a fixed income strategy in a rising cost world, that's essentially financial suicide on the installment basis. So the basic challenge is the protection of purchasing power.
1: So how do most people answer the question then?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, most people honestly answer it that we're just not sure if we've got uh, a strategy that will provide a rising income stream for these rising expenses over a 30-year period. And for many, when they walk in the door, they don't even know that's the right question because they're only, again, as you just mentioned, they just don't want to lose principal and they know they need income. So they're focused on principal preservation and the production of income. And they don't need the production of income they need a rising income so creating a rising income stream to meet rising cost is the real issue
1: so while many people in this stage of life obsess about safety of principle right especially in volatile markets like we've seen the real issue is income
2: yeah, that's exactly. So yeah. financially speaking, you know, retirement is a income problem, and this is where the connection in money and meaning can come in because uh, this income pur- purchases the freedom, it purchases the dignity, it purchases the independence, as defined by the client. You know, what, what brings meaning to the client? What gives the client the sense of confidence? What gives the client the sense of dignity? And in my experience, this becomes more and more important as we age.
1: Dignity and independence. Huh. So things like remaining financially secure, not being dependent upon children, or being able to live the life you want to where you
2: want, right? Well, exactly. And, uh, you know, in order to do this, we need to address... Both the duration and the direction issues that, that I discussed before.
1: So, duration and direction.
2: Yeah. So, uh, duration issue asks Does the income last as long as the balance of both of our lives, again, if married? And the direction asks, does the income continue to grow at least at the rate to keep up with rising living costs mm. for the balance for the of our lives? So if retirement income that lasts two lifetimes and retirement incomes that keeps pace with rising living costs are the issues to be solved, there are four important realities that uh, can lead us to the answers here.
1: Okay. So what are those realities? Yeah.
2: And again, th- th- some of this is a bit redundant, but it's so important. Um, And as we stated, if you're this 62-year-old married couple moving into this new phase of life where you're drawing on your capital, according to the mortality statistics, there is a high probability that one of you will live 30 years or longer. Right. So you'll live into your 90s. And so what that means is the income will be needed for 30 years and it must rise to offset rising cost. So that's reality number one, long life expectancy, and um, reality number two is the fundamental challenge to income over a 30-year period is the erosion of purchasing power. So every year, almost everything you need to buy will cost more, which leads to reality number three, which is the only rational goal of a retirement income portfolio is to purchase a dollar income that rises through the years at more or less Uh, uh, than the rate of the rising cost. Hmm. And then finally, that leads to reality number four, which is uh, really the purpose of this discussion, that there are really only two kinds of investments, fixed income investments and rising income investments. And obviously, to the extent uh, you have uh, an adequate amount of rising income investments uh, in your portfolio to meet these rising costs, and not too much, of the fixed income investments that will obviously not rise in income, uh, your chances are improved. So at making sure that you have adequate exposure to rising income investments.
1: So this may be obvious to us and many of you listening, but just to be clear, why don't you define what fixed income investments are and what rising investments are?
2: Yeah, so for the purposes of my conversation today, fixed income investments are things that provide a fixed income. And um, things like CDs, bonds, mortgages, fixed annuities—you um, know, things that investors sometimes think of as safe—but right. but if our goal is to provide a rising income stream, they're actually quite risky over <laughs> a 30-year period. That's
1: what a paradigm shift. Yeah, yeah. So
2: so fixed income investments are are basically fixed income bonds, yep. uh, CDs, um, mortgages, things like that. Um, and rising income investments uh, for my discussion today are basically just being a shareholder in the world's great businesses. So being a shareholder in the world's great businesses and purchasing by being that shareholder uh, in the growth and the rising dividends that these uh, enterprises produce. So it's stocks.
1: Yeah. So you're essentially making the case that being a shareholder in stocks with a significant portion of your, retire- of your retirement capital is the way to generate a long-term, Rising income stream over your long retirement. It, it,
2: exactly, because again, I, th- I think many people, um, again, they're, they obsess about the the illusion of safety, yeah, or, or, or and the illusion of this, uh, you know, guaranteed income, and so we're making a case that being a shareholder in the world's great businesses may be safer if the cancer that we're trying to uh, cure is rising expenses over a long period of time. That's right. And so uh, if you look at um, Robert Schiller's research, Robert Schiller is a professor at Yale, and he does capital market research and, and, and really sound research, and he looked at the dividends alone on the U.S. equity market, looking at just the S&P 500. Um, since 1948, the dividend growth alone was about 6%. Mm. So the dividends went up about 6% a year since 1948. So the growth in income just from the dividends far exceeded rising cost, which went up about 3.5% per year. Hmm. And this totally ignores the value of your equity in the business. We're just looking at at the dividend that was paid out to you.
1: Not necessarily the capital appreciation. So are you suggesting that investors should really focus and invest only in high dividend paying stocks?
2: Uh, Absolutely not. (laughs) I figured. No, no. I I, I want them to own uh, an adequate allocation to rising income investments, which are stocks, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily high dividend paying stocks. It could be some high dividend paying stocks. But the problem with high dividend paying stocks Uh, is reaching for yield and owning any investment because of its yield is one of the biggest mistakes investors who seek income make. And so what matters is total return. Whether the return comes from dividends, interest, or capital growth is really irrelevant. Mm -hmm. It's it's all growth that can be converted to income. And so there are many problems investing for yield, but two of the most damaging are, number one, high-yielding income investments, oftentimes have much higher risk that's why they have the higher yield yeah that's right so think junk bonds Mm -hmm. right junk bonds have higher yield than high quality bonds and they have a higher yield because they're riskier so um, so that's one problem, uh, and the purpose in, of fixed income in the portfolio is to balance the equity risk so we't want we certainly don't want you know lower quality bonds to the extent we have bonds. Yep. so the problem with high dividend paying stocks again is we don't want to focus on the yield and secondly, today, many assets that have high yield, especially in this low yield environment that we're in, are expensively priced yeah and so even though it has a high yield the expected return might be low because you're paying a high premium to buy the investment.
1: So, if I'm hearing you, I, I want to make sure we clarify something. You're not advocating 100% to stocks for a retirement income investor. Is that right?
2: That is absolutely correct. So, I'm I'm, I'm advocating adequate exposure to equities Is mm-hmm. I believe if the goal is a rising income stream over a 30-year period, you must have adequate exposure to stocks or what I like to call the world's great businesses. Uh, But you should maintain adequate short term reserves. And generally, most people should have some fixed income investments to play defense, just like we mentioned. Unfortunately, many people do just the opposite. And as they approach retirement, they assume they need more high yield or more fixed income because, again, they confuse short term volatility of equities with risk.
1: This is a paradigm shift. So if volatility is not risks. How do you define risks?
2: Yeah, I I would define it in two ways. The most important risk is the permanent loss of capital. Mm -hmm. So by that definition, volatility is not risk. Mm -hmm. It's just volatility. Mm -hmm. The permanent loss of uh, capital is risk. And secondly, I would say that the inability to fund your financial goals is risk. Hmm. And if the goal, again, is to grow a rising income stream over a thirty year period, yeah. stocks may be safer than bonds if that's the goal.
1: And that's not just your that's not just your perspective, that's not just your thoughts. It's the data shows your retirement's gonna be longer than what you expect, and the data also shows prices are going to rise over that time period by more than what you can expect as well. Correct. So longevity and inflation, those are real things, even though in the present day, they confuse us. They don't seem real.
2: Correct. Hmm. Yeah, I I think the only thing I might throw in here at the very end is um, all of this, again, in the context of your overall financial plan, making sure you have adequate emergency reserves, again, making sure that you have a retirement strategy where you might have a two-year or a one- or two-year short-term bucket, yep. and then you have a diversified portfolio. It might be 80% equities, it may be 60% equities, it may be 40% equities, but the point is you've got to have adequate equity exposure, or what do we call this again? Rising income investments? Yep. Adequate allocation to rising income investments.
1: Got it. Got it. That's helpful. Jeff, again, a paradigm shift. Any final comments
2: yeah yeah so again um the question that we ask in great goals of life question number two was do you have an investment strategy that can triple your income when you're no no longer working um and if not Consider a portfolio that has adequate exposure to asset classes that historically generate rising income stream over a long period of time, which is, again, being a shareholder in the world's great businesses.
1: That fits into your plan. That also fits into the intentional life that you're trying to live. Right. right. So right. Beautiful. All right. All right. That is going to do it for another episode of the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Brunier. I hope you found today's discussion helpful, interesting, and informative. Don't forget, check out all previous episodes or also check out Jeff's blog at tandemgrowth.com Thank you. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeff or Mike or comments on the show, Feel free to reach out to us at moneyandmeaning at tandemgrowth.com or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. Jeff Bernier is the president and chief investment officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC. All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Listeners should not rely on the content of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted, and/or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is. Bel- To be factual and up to date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC does not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC does not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, such as guests on the podcast, and takes no responsibility for the same.